Hello, listeners. It's been a bit since I've released anything. There's no particular reason other than I hate discipline and haven't focused on keeping up the pace. But it's a new year, so I'm going to try and make a renewed effort to keep the show on track and release four episodes a month. Uh, I can't promise that I will because the show does take a lot of research or focused anime watching. And uh, I'm not so full of myself that I think three commentary episodes a month would be very good content. But Basically, I want to try and be more productive with the show, and I think I'm off to a great start with uh, this episode about a video game. No, really, I think it's a fun episode. Uh, Hopefully a little distraction from the Take Factory talking about fascist tile business owners. So uh, I hope you like it, and I hope to be back next week as well. So today we have first-time guest for the show, Emily. Thank you. Um, Nice to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And uh, we also have three, four, five-time guest, John. Hey, it's me. It's John. I'm here to defend the USSR now that it's alive in cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, fun note. See, uh, you should so, have been on You should have been on the Gunbuster episode to defend the USSR for that, too. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know if it differs from cyberpunk USSR. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, today we are talking about everyone's favorite game right now, Cyberpunk 2077. So John finished the game every possible way. I finished it one possible way, and uh, Emily is still early on, but uh, she has some very good input, um, I think, as well. So let's start with the with the first time guest, Emily. What did you What did you think of Cyberpunk so far? Well, I I got into it. I mean, I you know have heard the buzz about the game for like the last few years, like everyone else, and kind of got into it when I when it started blowing up on Twitter. And I was seeing people uploading videos of like the crazy glitches and the weird stuff, like like um, like the pop in on the like characters just you know, materializing in front of them and getting <laughs> launched up into the sky. And and was like, this is my wheelhouse. I, I really enjoy like when games go wrong. And I don't think I've. I mean, it has not disappointed on that front. I mean, I I really enjoyed um, Oblivion back in the day on the PS3. Yeah. Um, because like the glitches in that were just incredibly endearing. Like you'd have people like walking along their own dinner table, like kicking all their plates and uh, <laughs> glasses off the table, and all the physics objects in the room would just lose their shit. And you know they would walk to the end of the table and then just say something weird, like "You have the hands of a healer." And it's like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and and Cyberpunk has been a very similar experience to that. Um, so I'm I'm really glad I I, I got it. Um, so yeah, I, I had this um, similar experience to you, and and you're playing the PS4 version, right? So you have the extra. Oh glitch yeah, um, it it runs like like someone drowning in treacle. Um, it's it, and I'm no stranger <laughs> to that either, um, because I don't really care about like graphics and and things, and I will even tolerate like quite a lot of um, like janky frame rates in games. I played um, Metal Gear Solid Five on the PS3. Um, and I played Bayonetta on the PS3, and these like are games which are famous for stalling. Yeah, it, it's it's something else. Like the textures, um, whenever the game is is stationary, it looks fine. Um, in fact, it can look quite nice. There's some bizarre like anti-aliasing effects, um, but but as long as nothing's moving, um, and you know everything's sort of zoomed out enough, and you turn the the depth of field effects off and stuff. It looks fine. As soon as you start running, like literally sprinting down the street, like your 
console will start screaming and the game starts staggering and <laughs> yeah it, it it's it i actually had the opposite experience on pc um well not completely opposite like if you're standing still in the game it looks good but like i was looking through screenshots because i took screenshots of like lore and funny glitches and stuff and they kind of look like shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i found that with the with the screenshots as well um it's i'm not ever able to capture actually what the game looks like when I'm just standing somewhere or like when I put it into photo mode, mm-hmm. it looks pretty good. But then when you actually like press the capture button on the PlayStation, it ends up looking like just not very impressive. And there are certain places as well where, yeah. the, where I think like when you look in your own bathroom mirror in V's apartment, um, that looks terrible on the PlayStation. So my, my V's like hair is all like, pixelated and weird um and that's even that's if her head even renders um i've several times like gone into the bathroom to like look at myself in the mirror and i'm basically just like a naked torso like floating there um then like her clothes will sort slowly render in and then maybe her head and her hair yeah i ended up being bald a lot because i would be wearing a helmet (laughs) that like takes your hair away and so like in a lot of cases, the helmet wouldn't render. So it just whenever like I'm bald. on a motorcycle and I put the game, I go into like the photo mode. Um, V's hair all seems to sort of like get thrown forward, um, as though as though she's standing <laughs> like in front of a like a turbine or something. And so it's all blown forward, which doesn't make any sense. Um, it should be like the other way around, <laughs> but it goes through her head, so you can just see the back of her skull, basically. Um, I just, I have no idea what's going on with that. Um, I, I put on Twitter as well earlier today, like a video of V like crouching down while she's riding the bike and like vanishing into the, um, the petrol tank on the motorcycle. It's just very strange. <laughs> I, I don't know what's causing that at all. Um, but yeah. You know what is kind of interesting about the texture issues though? is like seeing what the models look like without textures on they like i knew they looked different because i've done a little bit of like 3d graphic stuff like when i I was in my teens and 20s but i didn't realize like how low poly the models are and how much work the textures do to like make them look good or i guess the the bump yeah yeah the the kind of anti-aliasing effects like when sometimes when you walk up Mm -hmm. to an npc they they look like they're made out of play-doh um or like a sort of like carved potato and then they slowly like render in all their details um yeah it, it it's it's lovely i love that kind of stuff um i find it like very amusing um but it can sort of like detract from the seriousness of the storyline sometimes you know when like characters right. are like trying to um you know uh say something serious like they're about to die or something and they're like telling you to, to go on without them but then they are basically like a giant smudgy potato saying that to you um it sort of takes i pasted a screenshot of a car in chat that like the texture hadn't loaded on and it it looks nothing like the you know final car (laughs) before that it's all like weirdly like rough like someone whittled it out of wood that that's is honestly how a lot of the um npcs and a lot of objects look on the PS4 version. Yeah, there's that famous uh screenshot of Johnny going around with the with the low poly yeah, hair and everything. Um, 
Do you know yeah, what I'm talking about? I, I think I've seen the ones. Um, but I, they, they just, they don't even phase me anymore because I'm, I'm just so used to that. Like you run up to a <laughs> vendor and they just sort of like kind of melt into existence. It's really bizarre, but you, you just kind of like, you know, I, I think this with all graphics and games, after you've been looking at it for about an hour, your eyes and your brain stop sort of registering that stuff. I feel like it'd be less jarring if the other graphics weren't so good. You know? Yeah, that's... If it just looked like that all the time, it'd be like, oh, okay, this is what the game yeah, looks exactly. like. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, people say like, oh, it looks like a PlayStation 1 game. It's like, well, PlayStation 1 games looked consistently like that, so your brain could sort of get used to it. Get used to what it what, what it was looking at. Yeah, back in the day, they yeah, looked amazing. Um, with this, it kind of like pushes you backwards and forwards between this like weird like system shock looking like yeah. <laughs> characters <laughs> and then suddenly you'll be looking at like you know keanu reeves beautifully rendered face um it is very strange <laughs> um so yeah like my, my um initial like take on the game is i'm enjoying the story like there's some like scripted sequences which i it, it feels like an interactive movie at those points. Um, and it yeah. actually kind of annoys you because you, you're having agency taken away from you as a, as a player. Um, but yeah, like the, the main story is good. A lot of the bonus content or like the you know, side missions and stuff are very like cookie cutter. And I'm sure like one of you will make a, will be able to say more about that because you've done like way more of it than I have. But yeah, the, the glitches are what has made it an absolute joy to play for me. <laughs> what about you john what did you think uh for, first of all i just want to tag in on uh what M was saying i uh was looking up that video you were talking about and like you literally you can't describe it like her head literally disappears at one moment <laughs> after it comes out of the like the motorcycle because it's like it's like literally she's shoving it in some weird compartment underneath the handlebars <laughs> and then just pops up and it's just like well okay my, my take on the whole game is looking back on it it's it's fun I'll, I'll say that it's it's a it's a good game but i was basically the way i came to it was i saw the hype chain coming by as it was building up to release you know uh i'd see it every once in a while on steam and they're like oh cyberpunk's coming out and i was like uh, is that good or bad one of my cousins talked to me about it and they're they're talking about how they have to clear out their whole schedule to play this and i was like oh so cyberpunk's gonna be a good game it's from the guys who made witcher 3 and even though i wasn't a super huge witcher 3 fan uh i remember it uh fondly because it, it felt like literally playing a movie at times or at least my time i spent with it i don't remember it being like your average rpg uh, it just felt like a very lovingly crafted game for the time. Did you I play remember. the other two? Uh, I have I have them because like I'm sort of a completionist freak, and there was a Steam sale. <laughs> okay. But I, I have not played more than five minutes in either of one or two. Uh, just couldn't do it for some reason. Gotcha. But I ba- basically like I sort of got sucked into the hype. I was like, oh, this looks like it's going to be a pretty good game. So I was like, all right, I've made worse financial decisions than doing the whole pre-order uh, dance. So it was like one of those things. I, I got it. I started playing it around work. And my initial things were like, what the fuck's going on here? I I mean, without glitches. Without glitches, mind you. Like, PC was very, like, stable at this point, And I didn't really know how glitchy it was going to be. 
but it was like it was just very overwhelming because there like the first time it drops you into actual gameplay after playing through 25 minutes of your first like uh life story choice and which funny fact like i was like playing this in between like very long work hours so like my first two sessions in the game were just trying to get through the life story choice to get to actual gameplay <laughs> what did you pick i honestly forgot there was a choice uh i picked the corporal rat one okay I feel like that's the so yeah i picked i picked nomad yeah, I, I went with nomad i feel like the the corpo rat one is probably like i would say intuitively it's the one the least players go with i would say i think like the the nomad seems to be the the most obvious choice because if you pick the backstory that's like oh you you grew up in night city i mean certainly when i play games i'm always afraid that like the game is gonna treat my character as though she knows a bunch of stuff about the game world already um and mm. like i don't so I picked the kind of outsider because I thought, well, that's, that's kind of me, right? I'm coming into Night City from outside. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, if, if you felt like you got more information out of the game as, as you were going through it. But it it is sort of gentle where it'll try to introduce you to a lot of lore. And it'll definitely, even though, like, you're supposed to be, like, in everything, you always have these moments where it'll make sure the character asks, like, so... Uh, what the fuck is going on with this, uh, with you guy, uh, who supposedly was one of my best friends coming up through the company, uh, <laughs> and we've just seen each other for the first time. Can you remind me who you work for and what you were doing on your last job, even though I should probably know it? Um, I, I would say it's very gentle, uh, narratively, but like one, like the first moments in Cyberpunk for me were trying to get grounded because like. You get in and you have like 80 different controls. You can use a cell phone. You can open up inventories. There's like the hacking thing to get used to. I didn't know that you could press caps lock and uh, permanently be in hacking mode. I did not know that at all. I still don't know that. (laughs) I've definitely fat fingered it the very first time I went to hack. And I was like, why is the game so slow right now? Can this hack please hurry up? And it was like, I think I literally went 10 minutes. I think I might have done that by accident and thought that it was a glitch and uh, saved and reloaded the game. Yeah. So, like, I I definitely had some growing pains getting used to everything. And even my first playthrough I did unsuccessfully because, like, uh, I got to a point where I was like, my character sucks and he can't kill anything. Uh, Which is definitely, (laughs) like, if you put, like, enough hours into the game, I say, like, maybe... 15 hours in and you're like you get to like a some sort of level around like 20 your character's build starts kicking online and you're like okay nothing can kill i just kill everything now yep so i rebooted it and then it was like finally i gave in i started googling like how the fuck do you build a character uh what builds are possible what does actual gameplay look like uh i went in for my second playthrough um I did a hacking build, like sort of like you did, and then eventually I had enough points level left over where I started doing a hundred percent crit build, which I know I don't know if this might be boring to listen to, but it's just sort of like like the gameplay, like you have to learn on your own. Like you know, there's not enough of a tutorial, even though there's a tutorial in it. You know, mm-hmm. like so you never yeah. really never really know what's going on when you're playing. Unless like you're super used to RPGs or something, which I'm, I'm not. I'm big bad at uh, any sort of game. <laughs> I just like to play them. But say like I don't know things like I could have been buying better inhalers 
I, I wasn't utilizing shops or anything. I didn't know how to craft gear or anything, or that could have been an option early on. But uh, but on the other hand, you couldn't really. <laughs> oh yeah, on the other hand, like you just like you really couldn't because like a lot of the stuff is just locked out for you. Yeah. Uh, behind your talent choices and everything. But overall, once I got into it, the story started flowing. I like the set pieces it has, but like the game overall, even though it's good, feels uh well one let's when I talk about the city, it it's beautiful being able to play on like PC and it's like the only thing that they were able to optimize with the eight years that were that they were given. But it feels kind of like empty compared to other games that like I've played. You know, I've played like uh, Saints Row games, like GTA games, and I really like those. But when I compare those to like this one from like the time you spend in a car listening to the radio to just what it feels like to drive around the city and do side things, it just feels so much emptier with the way that uh, side missions work. If if you spend any time in the game and you're like, I don't want to do a mission, I want to do something quick on this map that's not a main quest mission marker. And you go to the like those uh, blue NCPD things, mm-hmm. which uh, it's just like you go, they send you a FCPA place. FCPA cab, like, et cetera, but yeah, it's the only way to yeah. make money. <laughs> yeah, and, and like basically like, it's like, yeah, go to this place, click on this thing, kill these people, and it's like there's there's nothing more, like because like you do the main missions and you're like, oh man, first class treatment. Um, you have like those little cinematic moments where it does feel like a little bit of agency is taken away because no game can completely 100% guess how you want to respond to things. There are little things to me that didn't feel right like when you're talking about uh johnny for the first time when he's introduced in the game you have to call him a terrorist and it feels like yeah yeah like there's like oh i got this terrorist living in my head and even if you don't choose that dialogue option very soon after you'll call him a terrorist even as you're like close to him later on in the game you still refer to him as a terrorist i'm pretty sure johnny probably even thinks of himself as a terrorist but like there's no like uh he was fighting for something like there's no sort of like more positive option i mean granted he did set off a nuclear warhead uh like timothy mc well similar to timothy mcveigh i don't think timothy went uh nuclear on that one (laughs) the character kind of seems like a nerd like uh i i thought things well, it's similar to what you're saying a lot. Um, one thing that I remember very clearly was uh, you were talking to some like corrupt cop, and he was like, "Go capture this criminal guy, and he'll like get lost in the system." And no matter what dialogue choice you pick, she's like, "What do you mean lost? Like, are you fucking stupid, dude? Like, he's saying that he's gonna lose the guy. What are you talking about?" <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of potential nerd moments for your character, which you'll step in if you're not playing like overly aggressive or not 100% playing the way Johnny hints you to play. Uh-huh. Or you just like do like very nerdy things. Uh, there's a version, if I can skip forward to the ending, uh, I'll, I'll just say spoilers so you can cut it off right now if you don't want to hear it. But there's a version of the ending where if you go with uh, the corporation, uh, Arasaka, you can kill Adam Smasher in in the the corporation ending. He blocks off Johnny, so he's not there for the final mission. And he'll be like, uh, you know what? Uh, we're not going to kill Adam because, you know what? Second chances can start for anybody. 
And it's like you ice this dude in literally every other version. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all of a sudden now, because you picked the, I guess you picked the nerd option out of all the endings. You go with the corporation like a goody two shoes. Uh, granted, I think Takamura is probably one of the cooler characters in it, even though he's yeah. like sort of chained to his job. Uh, but yeah, I liked but, him a lot too. But like from everything, if you're not doing main story missions, the world just seems kind of flat because they don't have any sort of story interaction or even miniature stories within it. It doesn't feel like Monster of the Weekish, except if you're doing uh, like beat on the brat or your racing missions. There really isn't a lot of story to go around. Uh, or extra like character yeah, interactions. Just, just just on that point, um, I have done a few side missions now where I th- I think she's a police officer. I don't even know who she is. Like, well, this woman, like Regina, I think, will phone me up and say, "Oh, she look. She just looks oh, like okay. a cop. She is a oh, reporter. Okay. She's a reporter because she'll yeah. tell me like, oh, like break into here." I thought the whole time until the very last mission that I did with her that she was a cop, and I was like pissed <laughs> about it the whole time. Well, she. she <laughs> Well, well, she's a reporter who aspires to be a cop. That's that's true. Why yeah, because she, she tells you to like, oh, break into this like warehouse and and plant a, a tracking device on um on a car or something. And like the game has two very clear states that it seem like they have like a one way transition. It's like either you're stealthing and sneaking around, um, or you're in just open combat, and it's very difficult to go back from combat to sort of stealth which i guess makes sense if you just like walk into a like a shipping like shipping area and just start like dropping people um they don't just kind of forget like the metal gear solid style like oh i haven't seen him for like five minutes he must be gone um yeah they could still have an in-between with that though because you know like if you get into combat with someone and kill them within like one tenth of a second you will be in combat with everyone on the yeah, map, um, which is really kind of dumb. Yeah, but like I, I keep having these missions where I want to sneak in, but it just it goes wrong because the game transitions from stealth to combat like very quickly, and there's not really a lot you can do mm-hmm. to like if you're caught and spotted, there's not much you can do to sort of um, save yourself. Like if you if you if a camera's seen you, you can try and hack it, but um, usually if you're spotted, that's just kind of it. Just like pull out your guns and start firing. I did find out if you go into a conversation, like a story conversation, it will take you out of combat instantly. Oh. <laughs> so like, uh, I was running across the street without looking, uh, you know, like a normal person, and uh, someone hit me with their car. So I just this is the first civilian I killed, the first and only civilian that I killed. I just shot them in the head because I was like, "Fuck you!" And uh, the cops instantly started shooting at me. Um, and then I went. Uh, to wait for Carrie to show up for a mission, and it just instantly took me out of combat, and I never went back into combat. My like wanted status went away. <laughs> it's very weird, very so jarring. I, I, I was going to say about that that woman Regina. She like calls you up, tells you to like plant a a a, a tracking device or something. I'll like run through an area and like end up having to kill everybody, and she keeps on chewing me out for like. Oh, this was supposed to be a quiet mission, V, and like you're not supposed to kill everyone. But she never really kind of. There's never any consequence to that. She doesn't sort of, you know, she doesn't stop giving me jobs, even though I'm quite clearly like, you know, a kill crazy psychopath. Um, yeah, the consequence is less. Oh, really? Money. She she just doesn't pay you as much. 
Yeah, you sometimes, depending on how they ask you to do the missions, uh, sometimes they'll place a condition of stealth or uh, non-lethality on a mission. And if you fulfill those conditions, they'll be like, ah, oh, and here's a little extra off the top for you since you handle that like a real fucking professional. Oh, right. And it's like 600 eddies. Oh, so it's, it's like nothing. <laughs> it's like a, a couple of guns, basically. But it feels good. <laughs> well, because as well, like... Um... Uh, I've I've had um, I've had situations where I'll get a mission, yeah, like either like a blue NCPD um, like map marker or or like one of her like gigs that she tries to fix you up with, and I'll try and like shoot someone with like a silenced pistol, and then it says, "Oh, you're doing something illegal. The cops are coming now." I'm like, "Well, these like these are gang members. And I know that doesn't make them like outlaws. They don't all necessarily deserve to die. But if you walk." too close to them they'll all start shooting at you and then it's fine to shoot them but if you like preemptively shoot them sometimes it seems like the cops like you know they 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 don't like that um and i've had several situations where the cops have been called on me even though um like i've just been defending myself from the gang members who engage you in combat if you just look at them funny um that sounds like a bug yeah it probably is I could just like walk up to gang members and just murder all of them uh, without them attacking me at all. And like, I basically literally never had a wanted status unless I accidentally ran over someone or that time when I shot someone in the face for hitting me with their car. I guess guess it like depends sort of because sometimes uh, you might be in the wrong areas. Like I know that you're like, they're sort of like, even if the game doesn't say hostile area, I remember for a while that the tiger claws were just like, yeah, dude, it's on fucking site right now. Cause, uh, <laughs> you did that one mission and you murdered all of us. And I was like, okay, it's, it's on site. Um, but also in like my game, I, as long as we're nitpicking along with like people being overly aggressive, even the cops, if they just look at me, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, you existing. That's fucking illegal right there. Yeah. Same. They'll be investigating yeah, they like a, a flipped car or something by the side of the road. If you just walk too close to their patrol car, the little like aggression bars start filling up and they, they'll start walking over to you. And if I don't just leave the area and break line of sight, they will eventually just start shooting at me. And I'm like, I didn't even do anything. I literally Honestly, just, though, that's pretty realistic. Just, <laughs> I literally just like looked at their, at their patrol car and they're like, okay, well, you have to die now. Um, yeah, realistic, but it's like, at the same time, the number of the side missions I've done for them, like, come on. You can't throw me well, a bone, like, once. They practically deputize me, because I've, <laughs> I've taken out, like, God knows how many gang members and, and cyber psychos, and they should make me police commissioner. Yeah, they might be just angry at you. They might be angry at you just because you're forcing them to do more paperwork. <laughs> might be one of those dealies. They do always talk about that in movies. Yeah, they they talk about it in uh in Cyberpunk too. There 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 are a few like kind of cool like uh NPC uh dialogues if you once in a blue moon happen upon them at the right time, they'll talk about like, "Oh, I don't want to do the paperwork for this if you come across the right uh crime scene." <laughs> I I was also going to say like if I can uh continue like going along sort of on like the way that the game forces you to work hand in hand with the cops. I feel like the set pieces lend themselves to like a more like radical politics that we we're talking about earlier that sort of comes hand in hand with the cyberpunk genre. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like the game is super scared of being too radical and it it does uh Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. 
I have I have like a I have specific like screenshots later um that we can talk about. Yeah. But yeah, once we get through this. But yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. One one thing I just want to bring up, uh, even before we get to screenshots, is what the fuck is corporate colonialism? Like not that it can't exist, like I I could definitely point to like things in the real world and I'd be like, that's corporate colonialism right there. But at the same time, uh in the terms of the game and what Johnny's fighting against, it's like I, I wish they sort of respected the player enough to define some of their uh, like uh, political theory within the game without also uh, treating you like a fucking moron the second that you look too closely at its own theory. Which there's a, a certain side mission uh, I'll, I'll bring up, but I don't know if you want to like save that later for when we're really nitpicking stuff. So my guess on that, maybe we can just get into it now. My guess on that is I I don't I think that the developers um are like the type of people that are like gamers that think politics is stupid you know so I think a lot of that stuff is they're just like stringing leftist jargon together to kind of make fun of it because okay uh one of the screenshots I saved there's that Bart Moss Collective which is yeah, like yeah. the radical leftist organization um they have like a website with like forums in the game and uh i basically saved like all the forum threads that are on there and one of them is uh the best weapon against neoliberalism is uninterrupted meditation which like i can't see that as anything but like making fun of leftists from like an outsider's perspective because i don't think anyone would (laughs) think that someone who's talking about neoliberalism like thinks that meditation is uh has anything to do with politics really you know yeah yeah that that i mean that's true it sort of fits in within like cyberpunk because it does have some meditation moments it does dwell upon like the monks for example like where were the where were their monks i don't uh, remember that there are like two big quest lines with monks one is when monks are there's a pair of brothers, and one of them has been forcefully oh, uh, yeah, okay. implanted. Uh-huh. And there's there's a second quest line where a monk guides you through a series of meditations, and out of it you get a small altar, which I don't know what the fuck you do with it. I completely but, missed that one then. Um, I I, yeah. I did the I did the other one, the one with the two brothers. Yeah, I mean they're both possible, but I also spent like a stupid fucking amount of time because like I literally couldn't see my family uh, this holiday season. <laughs> Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's just basically like a good dude gives you like a brain dance and it's it's a guided meditation basically. Uh that he leads you through. And I, I'm not sure what you're supposed to get out of it at all, except you get you get that little altar thing and it's like gotcha. this Is it like a junk item? I haven't looked at it at all. Uh, okay. To be honest, like I thought like there'd be more going on there. Uh <laughs> and then at the end of it I was like, Oh, that's neat and I don't fucking care anymore. Let's uh buy a car or something. <laughs> But yeah, Which, so uh, so here here's the the text of that uh, forum post, uh, the meditation one. It says, uh, "Meditation here is a metaphor for worker unity. Fear of a corrupt government controlled by tyrannical mega corporations has led to a mutated strain of pathological hyper neoliberalism. We can't let them bully us into fear. It's time we throw off our corporate yoke." And uh, someone responds to that and says, "The truth is, we're being ruled by the neo bourgeois class." They are the ones who possess capital and the means of production. Class divisions are even deeper than they were at the beginning of the 20th century, but nobody ever talks about that. 
That is true, people. I, I really think they're just like making fun of leftists. There's another comment that's uh, the anti-capitalist discourse of Swedenborg Riviera is much more complicated than it seems. He is undoubtedly here referring to an existential crisis, weaving together threads from Heidegger and Jaspers, which I think Jaspers is supposed to be like a made-up guy. Reading both of them may provide you with critical insights. I, I will say, though, even though they're making fun of you in Cyberpunk when they mention a lot of this stuff, it, it depends. I, I respect the way they mention theory in Cyberpunk more than they did in, say, like The Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds made up Bakno, who I guess is the stand-in for... Oh. Macno? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Backno. Which, yeah. Yeah, they, they basically made it up. Although I will say, I kind of appreciated, although both suffer from the same thing, they're too scared to go too uh, radical. I at least uh-huh. respect the world building more. Because uh, Outer Worlds really thought about misery under unfettered capitalism more than Cyberpunk did. Uh huh. Cyberpunk sort of seems like old hat when I compare it to meeting the guy whose head is literally stuck in the moon hat 24-7 now. There's no real... Well, actually, there are moments like that because you do meet people like Lizzie Wizzy. I guess Adam Smasher could qualify. Uh, those sort of like things where they're talking about transhumanism, but I'll leave that for another point. But uh... The only thing, though, I was thinking about this uh, this morning. Like They have the, pol- the political like flavor text but I can't really think of much of anything where, like, other than Johnny's group, I can't think of any, like, political actors other than, like, um, well, yeah, Johnny's group, like I said, and, um, like, just, like, business stuff. You know, like, people doing, like, real politic, like, business shit. And, yeah, like, um, like, even Rogue is, like, there needs to be she's a balance only, of power because it's good for business. Yeah. She she's straight up says it, that. Yeah, she's only in it for the biz. Um when you when you go through it and I think of back to all the characters, um really and truly the only ones who come close to being sort of political are the mocks because they're the group of uh sex workers and like artists who came uh, together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're like sort of the heads heads head in the clouds gang. Yeah. That would probably have the most like sort of revolutionary potential, which is sad you don't really get to interact with them on that. And even mm-hmm. when you speak to their leader, uh, she's sort of like, oh, the old days of the mocks are sort of long behind us. And it's like, well, I mean, what the fuck am, am I playing for as like a sort of guy uh, <laughs> who wants to do radical things in a game? Um, but I will say, did you play through the Killing in the Name of mission? Yes, although I don't remember the details that well. I remember the, I remember the name and... Yeah, the fact that I played through it, but um, I mean, I remember it because it specifically pissed me off because it felt like they were trolling me specifically. Basically, <laughs> basically, uh, you you play through it. It's the first time you get to interact with the Bart Moss Collective. Oh yes, okay, yeah, I know this. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, to figure yeah. out. Um, and, and it's just a troll, basically. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of going to three distinct places, uh, where you have to hunt for access points to hack to find out where the next access point is it finally leads you to swedenborg riviera that you mentioned earlier uh the great author that you're uh told to read and for some reason johnny fucking hates that you're on this mission uh the guy who literally wanted to take a fight to arasaka the guy who literally nuked someone for politics (laughs) 
Yeah. Although, like, the more you get into it, like, Johnny's thing is, like, less political and more just of a fucking grudge that he had. That's true, rather yeah. than just being for, like, the ideals of it. It's more so, like, that the rocker group, uh, when you look too closely at them, it might have just been uh, sort of the aesthetics of, like, rockers uh, just lent them to hating people in suits. Uh, sort of like, uh, I guess, like, actual, like, uh, people in, like, mainstream punk at the end of the day. That's, like, real real Gen X type shit. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it can't escape Generation X. Um, <laughs> so, and, wow, this game is really 80s. <laughs> yeah. Um, Generation X never actually ends, just like the USSR uh, in this game. Um, and... By the time you get to Swedenborg Riviera, you find out she's a puppet. Uh, uh like one of those uh mechanical uh fortune tellers. Yeah, like in big. Yeah, that's just been hacked to tell you all these radical things and then somebody texts you like, "Aha, you've been pwned." Literally with the PWN. I haven't seen yeah. that uh in a long ass time. They should have gone it with a Q at least. And uh, I, I kind of hated it because, like, even Johnny laughs at you and he was like, oh, no, this is too fucking great. You got to leave this. You got to leave it, bro. <laughs> got to let more people get fooled by this. And uh, if that's the reason I didn't have a 70 percent uh, friendship with Johnny, uh, it's because I probably nope, because tried- I did. I did leave it <laughs> and I still didn't have a 70 percent on Johnny. <laughs> I mean, I've only just sort of been introduced to him in the game and. I've I've been through the cutscene where you first get told that like he's going to be invading your your consciousness, and then you uh, go home and have this kind of weird fight with him in your apartment, and he tries to like, or you try to brain yourself against the the window. The very next thing I chose to do in the game was go downstairs to go and get my car, and I just your character like sits in the car next to Johnny and is like chatting with him like he's a friend. So like yeah, I don't sort of get johnny's character at the moment um i know like a little bit about his his backstory he like bombed uh the arasaka building but um it's weird because like i've just had this fight with johnny where like i was screaming at him and telling him i'm gonna kill him and then the next thing i do is i sit down in my car and you know a, a, a taxi like you know What's that, yeah dude? yeah and yeah exactly <laughs> v was just like so something doesn't feel right johnny and he's like oh yeah you think that's it. But hang on. Oh, are we on talking terms now? I think the last thing I said to you was, I'm going to fucking kill you. And now it's just like, oh, hey, dude. Like, that was pretty weird with that taxi, right? <laughs> yeah, it's weird because there is a way they recommend you to do the, like, or, like, I've heard there's a recommended order to do the missions. And, like, that might be such a small thing that they expect you to have another moment with Johnny. Where he finally is like, you know what? I changed my mind about you. Uh, I, you know what? Uh, you're going to be uh, Bill now. I'll be Ted. And we're going on an excellent adventure, dude. Yeah, I think I was meant to go and meet <laughs> Takemura. But instead, I've done literally everything other than that. Um, I wanted to go and like visit uh, Jackie's parents and go and get my reward from Wakako. And so like Takemura has been waiting for me for like several days now in game. Um, but I think I was probably meant to do that first. Me and John apparently like him. You might think he's just like a boss that you had, honestly. <laughs> you might not like him that much because you've <laughs> probably met someone like him. Yeah, he's just sort of endearing because he's also, in his later state, he's just a fish out of water. And he's like, he's like a good, like, dude, just generally, because like, he's like a, he's big on honor and everything. And he's like a, like, basically, 
I guess a, a Ronin now. He, you know, he's lost his master. He's wandering the countryside, or rather, he's wandering Night City, trying to get his bearings again. But he won't forget like the pride that he once had doing his old job. So it's like he was like one of the more interesting characters, and it also helps that your first introduction to him, or rather, your first introduction when working together with him, isn't him grabbing control of your body and trying to brain you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. I did like playing through that sequence where you sort of see things from his perspective, and it, it it does feel like it feels very cool, kind of like strutting through the building, just blowing people away with this like ridiculously. Oh yeah, that was that was definitely one of my favorite parts. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's, it's the game hinting at you is like, if you build your character right, you too can kill people with one pistol shot. Which I I did. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> yeah, like in, in the Fallout games, I always go for like a fast talking like gunslinger because um, I love just like the idea of having just a big pistol. So yeah, like seeing that gun the, the while I'm like blowing away all these uh, Arasaka guys, the thing I was thinking was like, okay, where do I get this gun? <laughs> um. So just real quick to wrap up the the politics part. So in that killing in the name of mission, I forgot I had this screenshot of like uh, some of the text messages that you get. And this is more of the like jargon strung together type of stuff. One of them is who that goes in search of me has already torn off the bourgeois corporate blinders from their eyes and taken the first step toward the hanging garden of post-capitalism. Just very fucking strange sentence. And then uh, in the next message, it says, the road to the stars is always paved with darkness, and the road to collectivism leads through a sea of blood. Will you hide your tail between your legs and fasten your corporate leash once more? So, I mean, I guess in this case, it's, you know, someone trolling you. So that could be like the explanation for why it's just like jargon strung together. And like for people like us, uh, we're probably like, well, this is fucking stupid. This is bullshit. But um, maybe in this one case, it's excusable. But it's just so similar to like a lot of the other posts that I don't know. It, I really think they're just like vague right wingers that think politics is stupid. And uh, I think it's backed up by the fact that they, they do this with film analysis as well. There's a, a shard that I found that's talking about the Bushido film franchise. It's it's basically like uh, someone overanalyzing something where they say like uh, this groundbreaking film series puts on full display the entire spectrum of American society, masterfully pointing out the greatest problems of the neo-modern era. And then, like, the next sentence is, like, the director once revealed in an interview how he fucking loves it when hot chicks dissect the shit out of the bad guys. Kind of saying that, like, people who do film analysis are stupid or they overanalyze stuff too much. I think it's, like, kind of... I think those are two facets of the same, like, kind of belief system. Yeah, it's it's, it's the same sort of satire. But at the same time, I, I will admit that... uh uh, this game can make fun of me for film satire, at least, because I did like the Star Wars uh, Ring Theory post when it came out. <laughs> so I will admit. I mean, it's not that there's not an element of truth in those things, but, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just mad that, like, even though that uh, it, it's like it's sort of it sort of gets there sometimes. Johnny, even though I don't. I'd, after playing through the whole game with him, I don't love him all the time because sometimes He'll turn into a, like a rampant misogynist. Yeah. Like say for the time you're trying to. Basically, everyone is in the game. Oh yeah. I mean, basically the first time, and then it like takes a minute, and then they're like, you know what? I got to know this particular woman, and or I got to know like these women, and you know what? I've decided they're not that bad. But Johnny, the, the whole time <laughs> you're dealing with the the dolls club, 
uh, if you remember that with Judy's uh, set of quests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like you're about to recreate the mocks and you think Johnny being a punk rocker at the very least could understand a group of, of people trying to fight back against like a like a system of patriarchy or something or sex workers standing up for themselves. But no, he's just like dumb whores this, dumb whores that the whole fucking time. And it's like, I don't know, can you pop a beta blocker right now and just like go through this? Cause <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, Johnny. Plus the, the slang term for, for girlfriend in the game is so fucking nasty output i don't know if it's worse or almost as bad as whole but Grant, it's so granted, close it's it, hard to decide it is it is for both genders you can apply it either way i guess but it's not any better it's not well, any yeah better. It, it yeah it's weird that in 2077 they've like inter they've uh reinvented brand new terms for top and bottom which already exist um but they've made it all computery <laughs> because it's the future can can we also talk? I might circle back to politics at some point because I'm not done. But before we do that, can we just talk about like how prudish this game gets sometimes? I thought there'd be a lot more oh, sex, yeah. and I'm sort of disappointed for a game which, uh, in 2018, apparently w was talking about how nudity would be central to the game to display the transhumanism of the future, basically bait and switch to you with a character that it's sometimes funny to Donald Duck on the inventory screen. <laughs> and basically that's the only nudity you get. And even though the nudity is there so you can see how inhuman your character gets over time and you have to ask yourself, is this character still a human or has he become something more? Or does it matter if you have your natural body parts or not? Which sort of ties now into like the monk quests with the like the forced implants. Um, you never really get to, uh, you never really get to see a transformation. Like I basically was like, had every cyberware thing tricked out. And even if you had to go back from butt naked, you don't really see it that much of a difference, uh, regardless yeah. of what you have equipped. Even if you have fucking swords in your arms. Yeah. Which, I mean, I will say the other thing is, is like. It just seems like a huge lie that you needed nudity in the first place because there are certain characters like Lizzie Wizzy, which is the full chrome uh, singer voiced by Grimes mm -hmm. in the game. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she, basically she does like a big crime noir uh, mission, which is kind of cool. Well, I just didn't know that she was voiced by Grimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But but for everyone, like she basically has the one good like crime noir uh, story in it or like Adam Smasher for example, who's basically just seems to be the same guy, like a Darth Vader character, who's more machine than man. Or the Maelstroms, to a lesser mm -hmm. extent, the animals, who I want whatever gear they're on, because they are fucking jacked. I wish I could make my character yeah. look like that. <laughs> but regardless of what you do to your character, there's no major transformation. It's more so centered on the idea of the relic, which maybe it's just me, but playing through it, now having been at the end of it, it it never really makes too big of a deal of, like, is an engram a person? Is an AI a person? There are those moments where it's like, you meet this character called Alt Cunningham, who was a person turned into an AI because they got their soul ripped out, similar to Johnny, but they went out into the spooky internet beyond the black <laughs> wall. And now they're basically a deity-like figure, as long as you're online. And right. it just never feels like the engrams are really more than people or less than a person, you know? So I feel like it doesn't even tackle transhumanism in that respect either. So, like, basically to circle around, I just want to ask, 
Why can't you get, like, sexy brain dances? Why is everything fucking snuff in this game? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. And they also didn't do anything interesting with gender at all, even though you can sort of customize it, but not really. Yeah, like, the the most you can do is, is basically make your genitals not match your body, uh, which is, like, sort of cool, but when you still tie it to if you have a like a female voice or a male voice i guess it's in the issue of budget but i don't know this is one of the things that i think drew me and a lot of other trans people to the game i'm transgender and one of the things that i think was quite exciting for you know a lot of, a lot of trans and um non-binary people was that this game allows us to create characters that have bodies like our own and that was mm -hmm. quite exciting and I, I was i was kind of interested in what they were going to do with that that's a pretty big thing to to feature in a game and to have said that they were going to make the nudity such a central part of the experience and you know i was kind of cautiously excited about like you know, what's this going to do what's, what, what are they going to do with this what are they going to say about this and then like when they released that tech demo they had that advert that's like pretty infamous online of Oh, that they stole from that woman? They stole from a woman? Yeah, there was some woman who posted a picture on Twitter that became an ad in the game that's, like, all over the place. And they didn't pay her for it or anything. They just, like, stole oh, it and put so, it in the oh, game. What I was going to say was the chromatical advert of the woman standing, like, you know, lighting a cigarette or something. Um, and the advert says, like, mix it up, 16 different flavors. Oh, okay, I think yeah, that's stolen. Yeah, that's the one. Mm -hmm. um, I think they basically just like rasterized it and then like edit it a little bit. And um, the actual person in the picture posted it on Twitter recently and was like, hey, that's me. And like, that's my picture. And they just took it and put it in the game without oh, wow. asking that's, me or anything. Up. I, I, I had no idea about that. I remember around that time when that tech demo and that advert was seen in the, in the game, they kind of justified it by saying that in the fiction of this of the game world this trans person's body is being sort of fetishized and used to sell soda pop basically yeah and a lot of trans people were like oh this is a bit sort of uncomfortable you know using trans people's bodies as sort of like fetish objects you know certainly it's very on brand for like a sort of capitalist consumerist hellscape of the future um and it's similar to you know what we, we have now in adverts using like minorities and using women's bodies to you know, romanticize and exoticize products and sell products. So it's not like it doesn't fit with the theme of the world, but what happened immediately after that was people sort of criticized them and whoever runs their, their social media on Twitter, like CD, CDPR's social media, started kind of making edgy gender jokes. And I think that really like put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths because it was like you're maybe trying to make a commentary on the use of trans people's bodies and identities to sell a product whilst not actually really caring about you know their voices their experiences but then you're actually doing this in real life like not as a satire you are using a trans person's like image to scandalize and titillate in your game whilst also not listening to trans people who are criticizing the way this is being handled and the fact that it wasn't clear and i don't think it, it is clear whether any trans people were involved in those decisions like how that was going to be handled in the game so it's weird that 
CDPR like seemingly wanted to say something about gender or wanted to do something here, but then ultimately have nothing to say about it. Their commentary on it goes as far as, oh, isn't it terrible that this very sexy person is being used to sell soda? Isn't that dreadful? And it's kind of like, well, yeah, but why do you think it's bad? That that's you know, what what does the game have to say about that beyond just the sort of featuring of it in their world? And I just basically think like they probably shouldn't have gotten involved in any of this because to to make such an effort to kind of include and then and to uh, like center the idea of of being able to customize your body and customize your character. And then say ultimately nothing about trans and non-binary people. What's their political status in Night City? There's almost no other visibility of that whatsoever. You know, I think if they weren't really going to say or do anything about it, why go out of their way to include that stuff in the first place? It just seems like a very high risk for no no reward. Well, quite possibly, yeah, it might have just literally been, you know, that that kind of we're going to use this to, to shift units on our game. Um, and cause a controversy and as well yeah as we were saying about the gender stuff being tied to your voice is once again like I can create a character and I have created a character with a body like mine but I can't create a character that has a a masculine voice to go with a more feminine Mm. body because the game will just basically Mm. it masks that that binary that decision of male or female behind what voice you choose rather than what body shape or what, what genitals you pick. And then as well, like to only have two different penises to choose from is like, I think they really missed the boat there. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I thought we were going to be able to choose, uh, you know, you, oh, you can choose like the size, but you know, you want length, width, uh, texture. You can choose whether you're... Femininity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you want to be able to choose all these kind of things. I mean, you can, Tucked, untucked. <laughs> Exactly. I was hoping you'd be able to put like stat points into like you know what what status effect your cum inflicts on people. <laughs> Definitely not enough sliders and also things you can tech into basically over the game to affect your penis to change it. Definitely, if there were cybernetics for your penis, that also would have been a lot of fun. I felt like too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, what what ultimately what I wanted was to be able to have uh, machine guns in my tits as well. But weirdly enough, that's not. I was just option. thinking that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can put them in your arms. Like, I feel like it's not too far to start putting them in other places, too. So, Right. I mean, a lot of the character creation stuff doesn't really matter because yeah, you barely ever see Yeah, outside of the inventory yourself. screen, um, if you actually take all your clothes off and then look down, you get forced to wear this sort of, like, um, weird foil underwear that, like, covers you up. So it's like, well, what's... Yeah. Is this just for, like, a, a joke every few... You know, whenever I change my under- underwear or, or whatever in the, the inventory screen... Um, you know, I, I get like a, I get treated to a little meat spin for a few seconds. <laughs> and uh, if you wear any headgear, it basically like takes away whatever hairstyle you had. Like I was saying when we were talking before we started recording, like a lot of times I ended up bald and I had like, like little mini dysphoria episodes where I was like, I, I don't look like a woman anymore. What the fuck? <laughs> I look like a weird bald yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get some weird glitches with, um, with with uh, riding motorcycles, um, sometimes when I pause the game, um, the physics mm-hmm. engine kind of goes crazy. I watched the video earlier 
I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the video uh, in the show description because it's so oh, funny. Oh, that's nuts! It just like completely <laughs> deletes, really deletes my head. But uh, I also get it where um, my <laughs> my character's hair will kind of like fly off in different directions, and I can see my character's <laughs> skull, and it's, it is like quite weird. And um, I've also had it happen several times where when I'm changing my character's clothes, um, it doesn't render um, her genitals. So I don't know the, the game sort of like loads in your character model and then has to decide like what what genitals to display and then like covers them up anyway with your clothes. I'm just like wondering what was, what was the point in any of this? Like what, what does it affect at all? Like what, why did they want to include this? I'm, uh, you know, it it sort of worked as a marketing thing because it is one of the things that made me interested in the game even before I I saw the glitch compilations on Twitter. But ultimately I, I feel like, I guess it's related to what you were saying, how I get the feeling that the game developers or the, the game writers are people who think that politics is kind of stupid. Yeah. They ultimately and they have seem a little puritanical really to... too with respect to this this sexual stuff. Yeah, like they, they have nothing ultimately to say. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of the kind of leftist politics sound like sort of pretentious mysticism and you know stringing kind of jargon words together whilst also wanting to be sort of anti-establishment and have this kind of punk aesthetic. Oh, and I forgot, there's one thing they unironically care about, which is small business, uh, because there's a few missions. <laughs> I think two of the cyber psycho missions are like small business guys who got like screwed over by the big corporations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it It's just so weird for them to, you know, I, I don't know, to like in, include these kind of really big ideas, but then to ultimately, uh, you know, do, you know, end up at the sort of, um, I mean, to be charitable, you say it's, it's a sort of like centrist liberal position of mm-hmm. this is all actually fine. And the people who are really causing problems are the ones who are taking everything too seriously. Like all these, you know, these like theory people who are posting on this forum. I mean, you know, I was looking at the screenshots you sent. One of these kind of pretentious online posters is called Professor Socrates. Yeah. Carl forever. That one's pretty accurate, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's there's clearly a sort of like anti-intellectual bent to it. I mean, even one of the um, one of the commenters on that forum, like a person who is actually posting on this forum, comments with "Don't shit yourselves thinking too hard, book nerds." That's Chloe. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, there there is you know that kind of stuff does happen online as well. Like in in like genuine leftist circles, is you know there are people who have spent their entire lives kind of reading loads of books um, and. I've never engaged in any politics. I mean, I've never engaged in politics because if all you've ever done is read, then that's like whatever. But yeah, it, it sort of seems from the outside, it, it's like a view of leftist politics from the outside looking in. It's all just yeah. like people arguing with each other and using pretentious words. Right. Maybe if they didn't have so much crunch, they would have time to like read some books to uh, <laughs> yeah. figure out what to say. <laughs> Well, the the only other thing I, I, I have to add to, to that is um, the it, it's got what I would what I guess you could call the Watchdogs problem. Like Watchdogs Two, especially had like some very interesting like political themes to it, but ultimately stopped short of really saying anything politically radical. Like you know, the characters would talk in very broad strokes terms about how you know um all this like social media and surveillance technology and the the internet of things with this kind of really this invasive culture of, of technology was sort of taking over and that you know having all of this data and information and access to our lives um in the hands of of big corporations 
um, and it being done as explicitly to drive profits and stuff was was all really bad. But then ultimately, like the missions that you'd get given and the conclusion of the storyline was that it's not capitalism's fault. It's the fact that this CEO is bad. And if we just like get rid of him and yeah. replace him with another CEO, then it's all fine, actually. For them, the problem isn't that you know their Facebook analog has all this access to your data and is making money off of trying to influence you, even politically. The problem is that it's a bad person trying to do this. They're kind of Mark Zuckerberg stand-in. Like, he's just a bad I've, guy. I've always wanted to come up with a term him. for that, that that relates to the Jacobites, because I feel like it's very similar to the Jacobites. Yeah. Cyberpunk has that as well, is that, you know, they, the problem ultimately isn't with the fact that the corporations have so much power and are basically like kind of militarized. That's not the problem. The problem is that the main guy, Saburo, who runs Arasaka, the problem is he's a bad guy and that yeah. his, his son is a bad guy. And if you were to just get rid of these bad people, then actually it's fine to have this gigantic corporation that seems to have more power and more presence. You need to get a CEO that doesn't care so much about money. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah yeah um and it's it's quite it's sort of like really deflates the radical angles they could have in it where yeah you know it's actually really similar to this as well as uh assassin's creed i have not played assassin's creed since oh, okay the second one okay you're playing a character who's like in this kind of like brotherhood of people who are like political radicals essentially who like their main praxis is literally assassinating people but then like you're basically just like we got to get the bad people out of power and put the good people in power yeah it, it ends up not being a criticism of power in and of itself it's a conspiratorial view essentially yeah the same thing happened in outer worlds too basically yeah oh you get rid of the bad people and look there's a ship full of people who are good that you should put in charge and actually the iconoclast uh absolutely cannot work across the universe stop asking us about that <laughs> and uh that's what pissed me off about that ending i will say that cyberpunk as you get to its endings at the very least does not go that hard into the only thing you need to change is the ceo I will salute them for just, like, they know that politics isn't their bag, so eventually uh, they treat it as window dressing and stay away from it. Um, but I will also say, like, for all the content that you could come across, and there are so many fucking shards, basically, that those are the books of the world, where you have all your flavor text and stuff, if you're not on websites. The, the interesting ones are basically, it's either, like, the political stuff, or it's the text messages from Bart Moss, that stuff I could actually read through and it doesn't feel like a day job. Or it was that one time I, I found a Johnny Silverhand fan fiction where him and Carrie Uridine became gay. And that was extremely good to read. That was good <laughs> as hell. <laughs> I wish they had more of that stuff in there. But uh, it stops short. And it, like it sort of like knows it too. Because unless you're looking at Johnny's past, it doesn't really bring it up. And it's only like... Yeah, these are the bad guys. Don't work with them. But your problems are never really... Uh, we should fight corporations. It never gets to that point. It's always just like, I'm about to fucking die. I need to figure out what the fuck's going to happen to me. There's also a lot of... Uh, I hate to use this term because uh, I think it's like way overused, but there's a lot of hyper-realism in the game where they're like, no matter what you do, it's basically pointless. Like, There's no way that you can change anything. Even if you were to carry out a nuclear attack against arasaka it doesn't change shit and yeah, i mean they definitely yeah. obviously like don't talk about like 
organizing groups of people to fight back other than that mission with Judy. The Judy, the Aldicados as well. Yeah, like, even in those missions, a- the ending is basically like, oh, it's pointless to try and do that stuff because power always wins. One of the things I wrote down before we started this call was that I, I've forgotten where, where the saying comes from, but it's a saying is the saying is something like, punk is about claiming victory whilst conceding defeat. Yeah. It seems like there's elements of that in cyberpunk, this idea that you can't really do anything about the, the corporations having so much power and, and people sort of not really seeing any problems with, with the city they're living in. But what you can do is just like stick your finger up to it. You know, there's, there's that like famous interview with the Sex Pistols where the TV interviewer is like asking them questions and they like saying naughty swear words and, and not showing any interest in talking to him. Um, <laughs> but like ultimately they're appearing on TV to try and promote their band. They are fully within the system that they supposedly hate. So they've, they've lost like you know, from, the, from the very get go, like they've, they've already kind of conceded that point, but they get to kind of like feel smug about it. There's there's a point to be made there somewhere about how that ties into the the kind of modern like I guess right wing understanding of punk is that just guys that hate their dads basically. Well, yeah, I mean, like you could see like Donald Trump's presidency as this attempt at a sort of right wing punk movement. They wanted to be really anti-establishment, but actually, they you know Trump, for example, was never going to be that anti-establishment and ended up just kind of like capturing the establishment but they got to feel like they were putting their finger up for a period of time. Um, so they, they ultimately like don't actually gain anything from this movement, but you kind of get to feel like you've said your piece. Yeah, it's it's I guess it's the idea that uh, you can't really do anything radical while you're like you're making money. Yeah, this is a pretty big company, right? So like, yeah, they couldn't really, even if they wanted to say something that radical, I'm sure that their bosses would probably be like, hey, you got to cut that shit out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah i mean i mean the funny thing is like as it tells the story of basically overbearing corporations it's made by an overbearing corporation right which ruined itself to sell more stuff like the funny through line through this thing is like as much as people want to talk about like it's a disappointment it didn't change gaming the way they said it would it doesn't even have the same features they mentioned in all these e3 demos but in 2016 18 or and other times they've done demos or shown like what the features will be, or done interviews, or the nightlines. The funniest thing to me is like there there are people who should be legitimately pissed off because CD Projekt Red actually got government subsidies for this game to the tune of like seven point five million USD. So they like accidentally like, made a radical money. statement through the game failing, <laughs> and like all these bad labor practices, stronger than anything they could have said in the game, really. <laughs> Yeah, basically, it's it's an affront to like how much uh, capitalism will ruin stuff because the things it received the funding for, and I'll just name them real quick. It's a city creation for more realistic cities, something that feels like a living, breathing thing, which, I mean, I don't know if this is the most realistic city you've played in, but I mean, beyond like the, the cinematic points, it's like it doesn't really come together. A second thing they got the grant for was seamless multiplayer, which... uh. Congrats on releasing your single-player-only game. Yeah. And the third or fourth are cinematic feel, which may be during some of the cutscenes, and animation excellence, which sometimes, but you need to not glitch, which even on PC, like, there were some funny glitches that sort of 
canceled point three and four kind of hard when you're playing through them. So, yeah, like the first cinematic type sequence that I was in, where I was like actually in control, was like that car chase where you're where Jackie's driving and you're shooting at the people chasing you. That just completely fucked up for me. The enemies didn't even like stick their heads out of the car, but they were still shooting at me. And it didn't play any of the dialogue from that sequence until after enemies had been defeated, which I didn't do. Like I shot at them and didn't hit a single one because I couldn't see them. (laughs) And that didn't matter. They still like crashed somehow. And then all of the dialogue from that played in like three seconds. So that kind of took me out. But I do feel like at a lot of points, like it did feel very immersive and cinematic. You know, I think part of that is the fact that it's all in first person. I felt like it was more happening to me. But yeah, like I have a bunch of screenshots of glitches that happened during cutscenes and conversations and stuff that you can see if you're listening. Click on the show notes. One of, one of my favorite ones was uh, in one of the missions with Pan Am. You're trying to shoot down an AV and you like hack it and it doesn't quite come down. So Pan Am shoots it with a stinger, but the actual launcher didn't load for me right away. So the missile just came out of her hands <laughs> and then the stinger loaded when she got into the car. So like the whole rest of that sequence, she was like driving around and talking to me and like looking at the car and stuff with a stinger sticking out of her hand. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, I, I've been handed invisible guns by almost every NPC that like gives you a gun. Like every one of those set piece scripted sequences, like T- Takimura is like driving you away from the dump. They just passed me an invisible gun. Like <laughs> Jackie has done the same. He's just like passed me invisible guns. They never seem to render until like I've been using them for a few seconds in those sequences. And I don't know whether that's like a, a PS4 thing or I'm just getting unlucky with surrender i'm momentarily like i think on the first patch they put through for my game and it's probably like super selective about which games it does this to because like everyone it will have a slightly different rig when it comes to computers but for my game there was like a patch where the pistol was just invisible so i'd i'd be holding a clip and i i'd like i'd see him hold the clip but the actual pistol itself was just like literally invisible here's some bullets that you can shoot out if you had a gun I mean, he he made it work. I, I will give I will give V that is that uh, must be one of your he, implants. He made it work. <laughs> yeah. One of you, I think it was John, also mentioned the the soundtrack. I I definitely have to agree with that. I was thinking of the exact same uh, game as you too. Like the the Vice City soundtrack is like the benchmark that I judge every like almost every game against. That game introduced me to Cool in the Gang. That they had that fucking awesome Cool in the Gang song in there, and uh, none of the songs in the game are really very good. The the Us Cracks song, the one that's in Japanese, like it's if, kind of if fun. You, if you blaspheme Us Cracks on this show, I will drive over to you and mess you up and quick hack your 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 thing right now. <laughs> I would die for us cracks. I'm I'm very mad there weren't m- more us cracks interactions in the game. You know what though? Uh, I was very disappointed to find out that they in the game are not really Japanese. They're just like white girls doing like cultural appropriation. Are they? Yes. Yeah, 
I don't know if you did the mission with no, I did. Carrie. Carrie tries to stop their concert, and they like are talking in Japanese and stuff, and then they like break out of character when you show up with guns, and they're like, "Oh my god, blah blah blah." Oh really? They're they're yeah, they're definitely white girls. I kind of I just thought like that's just like the like the way they talked. You know, sometimes depending on who you learn English from, you'll pick up that accent from them. Uh, like the the like the way that uh, Hana. Maybe, but I think. They look like white girls as well. I mean, they do, yeah. But uh, I mean, what are you gonna do in 2077? Still gotta, <laughs> still gotta market to people, you know. You gotta, gotta push the records. Gotta move <laughs> units, you know. Yeah, I can put a screenshot in the dock, and people can judge for themselves. But yeah. Um, but I would say, like, getting back to the music, the soundtrack, kind of alright. I liked it. like the original stuff. Uh, isn't too bad on its own. Um. But the thing that really, like, lost it for me is not just, like, that they didn't have good songs and stuff. Like, because I'll say, like, the combat music is nice the first four or five times you hear everything. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you get in enough combat situations, you will hear enough battle music to be like, okay, um, I, I can basically, like, you know, I'll be humming this for the next three days because now it's just stuck in my head. Um, but, like, for the radio stuff... Uh, which is like really where you make or break an open world game with cars. It's like it doesn't. It's not like listening to the radio. Like I wouldn't sit in my car to listen through the radio. Like just do its thing. Which is like, I feel like you can do that. I feel like it's pretty possible. I don't think that Vice City had, uh, like, uh, well, I don't know what they did to to get the radio the way they did. But all, all their DJs. Like had through lines. Uh, they had like little stories or vignettes in between each song that were like, "Oh man, this is interesting." Um, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, they didn't do that really at all. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's just music. They would occasionally, which in a corporate world, they they didn't even have like commercials on the radio, which is fucking weird. Yeah, they would occasionally break it up for a WNS announcement after like whatever last mission you did, and you fuck up something with Arasaka. They might announce that happened, or they'll announce something else big happening. But it's just like it's it's not enough, you know. I need I need more. Give me some juice. Give me give me some lore building. Give me give me something deep here. But it's just. I ended up mus- meeting the music after like I don't know, fifteen hours and just listening to Hong Kong I, Express. I honestly uh, would probably would have found a way to mute it and then just play Pump on shit on replay because that <laughs> was my absolute favorite thing, and I freaked out a little bit when they played the music video. So. The radio stations in the cars are very sort of samey. It's it seems like there's I, I mean I didn't count, there's like ten radio stations, but basically they seem like sort of really middle of the road pop metal or one radio station seemed the to be one weird jazz oh, station. I didn't even see that. I, I, there was one station that seemed to be basically be sort of like Doom or like drone. It was just I don't know, it was just noise like harsh noise basically. Oh, I must have missed that one. No hip hop. There is hip hop. Oh, there is. There's, oh, okay. There, there are a few. Oh, yeah, the like, the like Haitian one or whatever. Because like, like sometimes it'll do like hip hop, but it will do it in all languages. So one or once or twice you might get. I think I might have heard. I forget. I forget what his name is. Saul something. Oh, the no, Aldecado. Not the Aldecado. Uh, I was trying to think of uh, the guy's name who did something with like uh, Trent Reznor once. Um, oh, oh, but okay. there's also like Run the Jewels is in there. They have a song. I, I don't remember too many others because th- there's a Spanish rapper. 
I'm pretty sure there's like a Polish or a Russian rapper in there. So like they they have like a smattering of hip hop. It's just not like, you know, it's not the real shit. You know? Yeah. I don't know. There was a there was a song playing at the Voodoo Boys area that was hip hop that was really cool that I think was in Creole. <laughs> But that's the only one I can remember. Uh, anything else you wanted to add? I, mean, I think I've been through the radio like once when I was on like a, a, a long drive. It all just seemed like, yeah, this is this is sort of like elevator music. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. The, what's the the real takeaway from the soundtrack has been, as 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 it was said before, that combat music, that kind of like ten or fifteen second loop of music, which just seems to play over and over and over again. Um, and since if you stumble into an area with like really high level enemies, like combat can last like a really decent amount of time if you want to sort of wear them down because the AI are too stupid to like walk around a corner. So you can just like throw like 20 grenades around a corner and, and slowly chip away at their health. Um, but doing that whilst listening to this like music that's just on repeat, it sort of does drive home the, the, the monotony of some of the gameplay sometimes. The music sort of like exacerbates it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, the the sad part about this game is, like, there are cinematic moments, there are immersive moments, but the bulk of the game is probably running to places. If you want to do, like, all the blue things, that would be the bulk of your game time. But, like, even then... They'll also be, like, way below your level, though. They'll either be, like, way below, or if you're just starting out, uh, you'll accidentally leave the Watson area, and you'll be like, why the hell do these guys take... 600 rounds before i kill one of them and then you'll come back like 20 levels later and you're like why are these guys paper bags it's it's weird there's like no sort of it never really feels good until like i want to level scaling is very bad yeah there's no way to to determine as far as i've seen anyway what level enemies are um like you can scan them and get their like weaknesses sort of indicated by the color of their icon like if it's red, they're much higher. If it's yellow, they're on the same level as you. If it's green, they're below, and if it's gray, they're very below. Okay, well, I, I've but that's ne- it. never noticed that. Um, I, ba- I yeah, well, I they judge, never tell you that. I judge whether um, I'm going to be able to take people out by like doing a quick hack on them and seeing whether it either kills them in one hit or like chips away at their health. Yeah. And and speaking of quick hacking, I I accidentally like took. A, almost all of the fun out of the combat by making my build too good. So I, I did like, uh, like John, uh, quick hacking build with really high crit. And there's a perk that you can get with quick hacking that lets you crit with your quick hacks. And there's another one that lets you hack through walls. So all I would have to do is like ping anything in a base. So like a forklift or a tire balancing machine or whatever, and it would highlight every single enemy, and I could just use contagion on them, and it would kill all of them in like one or two pips. Um, so it would take me like f- under forty-five seconds every time to like wipe out an entire base from like a you know 
a corner somewhere where I don't even have to see any of them. I, I was getting there in the starting area, but now I've gone to some different areas in the game, um, and suddenly quick hacking is, is not viable. But um, I've found that the most consistent way to, to kill enemies is to like shoot them with a shotgun, um, and they will often like ragdoll into the scenery, and as soon as any part of their body sort of clips into the scenery, that's it. They're just paralyzed. Um, I've I've got two different clips on Twitter um, that of, of me yeah of, of me doing that <laughs> of like ragdolling an enemy and they just lie there like still doing yeah their, they really didn't move yeah they do they they're doing their voice lines and they're like barking at you um even after you've even after you've taken their health down to zero so you'll like get the little pop up that says you've completed this little mission they're dead but then they'll still carry on like yelling at you it's it's <laughs> it's so bizarre but yeah it's a really like. That must be a race condition because of the PS4 limitations or something. Quite possibly. But uh, yeah, I found that like the AI is very exploitable and it doesn't take much going wrong for them to just basically give up on trying to fight you. Yeah, a lot of times they'll just stand still. If they're supposed to be fighting you, they'll just stand in one spot and you have to like go look for them because you'll still be in yeah, combat. Yeah, you, you can get them to basically like all congregate in a single area and they won't come any further out of that area so you can like kite them into a certain area and then just leave and they'll all just gather in that one area and then you wipe them out with grenades the only time combat was hard really was like uh in the ending mission there were parts where like enemies would actually spawn because you know most of the time the enemies are like already where they where they're supposed to be uh, by the time you get to the area but it in the ending mission that I played, they would actually like spawn out of nowhere. And so my strategy of just hiding in a corner and killing everything with contagion wouldn't work because they wouldn't exist yet. And that actually made it harder. Um, so maybe they should have done that more it's often. It's disappointing how quick, how often the game, like even the, the main story missions, like you'll, you'll be sneaking around and doing things stealthy, but once it transitions into shooting mode, um, the game just becomes a very sort of, like it becomes like a, a stop and pop shooting gallery um, with a few like mm. interesting spells you can cast on enemies. Basically, a better hacking mechanic in a game was was in like the PS2 Ghost in the Shell game. I you never could played take that control one. Control of enemies and kind of get them to like shoot their friends, so you could actually like cyber hack someone's. Yeah, brain so that would be and... cool because they did that with turrets. You could do that with turrets in the game, and that was really fun. But then also like as soon as you start shooting at the enemies with a turret that you take control of they just like pinpoint you instantly and start shooting at you yeah it's weird that they know where you are um mm -hmm. because the, the, like a turret's gone berserk they immediately just like use their spider senses and, and realize where you are i'm a big computer nerd so i wish they went much crazier with hacking and made it like almost like shenzhen io or something but uh, obviously, that wouldn't be very practical for <laughs> well, like a I, I would blockbuster have, game. <laughs> I, I think that one of the one of the better models for how computer hacking can be made into a game mechanic is um, Uplink from the people that did Darwinia and um, Defcon. Like that's a it, uh -huh. it's a very sort of like '90s style um, presentation of hacking. But yeah, you have to buy specific programs that do specific things, um, and there are different like system architectures that you you either do or do not have the the tools to to break into. But then also you need to have programs. Cool. In, you need to like manage your memory uh, on on your like your hacking machine, um, 
so that you can be able to do things like uh, erase the logs on servers that you've tampered with. So like whilst you're like copying the data and like transport, like sending it somewhere else, you also want to be able to have enough RAM to be able to like delete entries in the logs so that you're not traceable. Um, and being able to log into multiple. Uh, this game's on sale for 250. Is it, is it worth 250? I, I would say it's definitely worth that. U- Uplink is very fun. Um, it's it's a very cheesy presentation of hacking in, in computer games, but it does take that idea of what, what a hacker is in a, in, a, in a movie and turns it in, into a game mechanic, into something that is actually worth engaging with, and not hacking as it appears in so many games, which is it's a skill that you level up, but basically you just push square and then maybe do like a, mi- a yeah. mini game and then you've hacked into it. Um Right. Yeah, it, it requires a little bit more thought, and yeah, you, know, you need to have specific components and specific techniques, and yeah, it's about having the programs, but also knowing how to use them and what to use them for, uh, and the most efficient way to use your resources to to break into systems. Um, so yeah, like that's the model for like hacking in a in a video game. Yeah, that sounds cool. So one last thing I want to get to, because I think we can start wrapping up, is uh, just like the dystopian aspects of the game. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about, like through my whole playthrough, was like, what are the actual differences between cyberpunk society and ours that aren't just like related to technology? Because for the most part, the the dystopian aspects are like, oh, corporations are militarized, which that sounds dystopian to us just because of the particular era that we're in but like for the majority of history corporations were militarized you know there were like literal wars with people shooting at each other with guns fought over like labor rights um and like companies like the east india company had like full-on militaries of their own so like like what do you guys think are aspects of the game that are like actually dystopian and not just like uh, an aesthetically different reflection of our actually in, in a lot of ways the game presents itself as being this you know this, this dystopia um but it's actually pretty nice in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. and like three specific points there would be in the quote i touched on it already but the quote-unquote acceptance of trans people in night city is you know is is kind of way better than we have. I mean, certainly on rainy turf island where where I'm well, rain, rainy turf plague island at the moment. <laughs> the fact that no one ever mentions trans people, but they clearly exist because my character is a trans person. You know that it, it, that's kind right. of way better than we have now um, in 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 certain places in the world. Um, there's also like. I th- you 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 wrote something about like the the like trash and the decay of different parts of the city. There's there's some underpasses I walked through in the game where there's like piles and piles of like litter, and I guess we're meant to think this is like the yeah. the kind of the the underbelly of uh, and uh, you know, all the all the waste products of of of, of this like consumerism and, and capitalism of, of the city above. But honestly, like there are just places um, in Tokyo that are exactly the same as that so I, I lived in japan for for a few years um and there are absolutely like underpasses in in tokyo that are like have sacks of trash like stacked up as as tall as a person because it can go and dump your trash there and no one will see you doing it and then you just leave the rest of the city is kind of grimy in a way and run down or dilapidated but is also really shiny and neon like 
the city I live in right now has all of the kind of grime and dirt of of Night City, but none of the neon signage. So yeah, I mean, I I guess <laughs> in a lot of ways, like they've tried. Maybe it's because it's like yeah. a new city. I mean, what know? they've tried to do is they've tried to create this kind of dystopian world. But I guess when you are going to try and do this, you have to make sure because they obviously they wanted to include like all the the cool sci-fi stuff. But what they've actually ended up yeah. doing in certain places is making a dystopia that's actually better than aspects of our world. And so it does; it stops being a dystopia. And and you yeah. know, you know the, there's the <laughs> meme that gets shared around to do with Gundam quite a lot, where you know there's like the Gundam is like firing a laser beam, and like the uh, the beam is like arcing over the person's head. Oh and it's yeah, like, you know, yeah. Child soldiers are bad, and like perpetual war and and colonialism, and there's all these like points being made by Gundam but then like the fan is just like the beam is going right over his head and he's just looking at the robot saying like cool robot yeah cool I, robot cyberpunk yeah. sometimes <laughs> feels like that it's like maybe it's trying to have these kind of themes and ideas in it but it's accidentally used like a an aesthetic that's way too cool and also like like, like I think we, we, were, we were talking earlier about how you know, ripping out your body parts and replacing them and, and stuff should be something like really poses a deep moral question, I guess, of like, you know, at what point do you stop being human? And these surgeries that you, your character can have, some of them are really quite invasive, like having your eyeball ripped out of your head whilst you're basically just sitting on, a, on an operating chair. You, you're never Conscious, sort of yeah. <laughs> asked to confront like, what is that doing to you as a human, but also as a person? Like, you know, if you, if, if that kind of like, yeah, it's more like getting a yeah, new well, exhaust you know, in your car, self commodifying that way and, and treating yourself as a sort of tool and your body as, as a tool to, you know, to, to kind of better do your work. I mean, you, your character literally says when you first meet the, the, the ripper doc is like, I need the best hardware to be able to, to do the, to do the job. I mean, your character fully sees themselves mm-hmm. as just, a worker, and I need to now transform my body in order to be- better do my work. Um, but like the like you know the, the the technology you get is really cool, and um, it never you know never kind of gives you any sort of consequence to to having done this to yourself. So there is one small part where they sort of bring that up. Um, one of the missions you do with Judy, you like go into this like CD uh, Ripper Docs clinic, and there's people that are waiting there that are like, uh, that are poor, and so their cyberware is like really cheap and kind of like falling apart, and the the Ripper Doc, um, like specifically helps out poorer people uh, with their hardware, and so like. They sort of touch on like, hey, this is really invasive and it can like fuck you up really bad to the point of like people's like skin is falling off essentially. But you really don't see a lot of that. And that's the only moment that I can think of where they even talk about it. And it's not even very gruesome. It it just looks like they have like craters in their skin. It looks like they have like like young Stalin style (laughs) pockmarks or something. One of the first missions where you go into like a kind of chop shop where they're abducting people and cutting them open to like steal their their mods. But that theme seems to kind of vanish pretty fast and doesn't really come back that much. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, 
I would say it's temporarily there. Like all the cyberpsychosis stuff that uh, Regina, your first fixer, sends you on. I mean, it's it's supposedly happening either because they had the wrong drug cocktail, which the Aldecados, uh, some of them are veterans of the actual corporate wars that uh, are fought. And you find out Johnny's like sort of the same way. Like you, you'll find out that like some people just have these things done to them. Either it's like the monk who has in, these implants invasively give, given to him. So he sees himself as a lesser person or... Uh, there's one cyberpsychosis victim where it's like there are twin sisters and they're both trying to get the same guy. And one of the twin sisters in a final coup becomes the other twin sister and then gives the the uh, twin sister these horrific implants that make her more like a like a demon. Like she gives her like 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 a. The oh, ant- yeah, uh, like the antelope legs and like the like the chrome hands and it's like hook hands and it's like basically she's like a monster that you have to fight off and you get these moments where it's like Mm -hmm. yeah they've been driven insane because like they just look like that and there are moments where they sort of get there but i will say like for a game that's supposed to be about this like your first ship of theseus uh, reference shouldn't come at one of the endings which a lot of people might not even see yeah, I didn't yeah know they it's, it's only at the very, very end, and it's still only in reference to the stuff they do with the engram, which, I mean, sure, you're, you're coming at it at one end with, can an AI be human, which I don't even feel like it does that properly, because at that point, you're so willing to be like, oh, it's magic, that's how they look like people, and it's a little angel on your shoulder, that's Johnny. Like, I don't need more information than that, like... Honestly, like, having, like, that ghost on your shoulder that, like, can sort of possess you at times, like, it's... It's like it's so close thematically and it never does like more with it except for like the shitty like oh relic malfunction. Now you're going to be like oh, oh shit god damn it. <laughs> and like and that's There's all you- also one shard uh called the truth about cyberpsychosis that sort of gets into it and talks about how like cyberpsychosis is portrayed as like oh it's a cyberware malfunction that drove people crazy and then they murder everyone. But I think it's kind of like supposed to be like a crank type of thing, you know, like like a post from a crank. But they're basically saying like, oh, well, that's just the catalyst. And it's really like the society that we live in, like dehumanizing people and, you know, atomizing their relationships and stuff like that, which like is true and is basically responsible for like actual mental illness in most cases. But I don't know that it's supposed to be something that you take seriously and it's like just a you know piece of flavor text that you see on a table yeah it's not like really a central point to the game like is am am i going crazy or is it the society is it man versus society or is it like yeah and and like that's the thing like with a lot of aspects of it like the most like when i think about the dystopian aspects things like i've noticed you you might not notice it like for you because like you're still early on but for me like one of the big things is like sometimes i will get interested in lore instead of like my own character build for a little bit and like <laughs> the weird thing is is how unpolitical the game is in the electoral sense is like you don't really see your government that often you see you know gangs you see uh police you get to do uh, something with the mayor for a little bit and that's interesting 
um, especially with the implication towards the end, because uh, you get to find out like yeah. they're literally puppets. There's that sort of plotline going on in there. But like the weird thing is, is corporations at this point are still so much bigger and like so huge that it, corporations literally eclipse everything else. And we're not there yet. Um, I don't know if we'd completely get there, but. But it still feels kind of like parochial because other than two foreign corporations, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of corporations from like yeah. all over the place. I mean, basically you have like, I mean, you you do have like, I guess like a good like five or six that are mentioned because those are the ones that big enough to have like the armed guards. Like you have like the trauma team, uh, Miltech, yeah, Miltech, uh, Arasaka, of course. Uh huh. There's a Chinese Wang one I can't remember the name of. Or something. Kung Tao? Kung, no, I keep Kung thinking Tao. Lao Chato, which is <laughs> tea <Or> nuggets. <laughs> I, can't, I can't pronounce it. Because that's the one oh, that Kung Tao, yeah, that's to. It. But it's like there's like there's so like there's so little that like your character actually like cares for politics. It's that sort of thing that already is like sunken in. It's like you can't change anything that's going on. I mean, even, like, gang stuff. Even as you go through the game. Like, if I compare it to, like, Saints Row 2, in which you also end up fighting a corporation, the power of uh, collective action, granted, it's a street gang. At the very least, in, like, something like Saints Row 2, you're flipping turf, but, like, that never really happens in Cyberpunk. Uh, You do huge sweeping missions against, like, some gangs. Like, uh, at some point, Tiger Claws shouldn't even exist, but they still do. Um... Yeah. So it just it feels kind of weird playing through it, like how just like static everything is. Although that now like that's less of like the dystopian aspect of cyberpunk and more so just a, a gameplay element, I guess that comes in. I think we should put in our final thoughts. For me, I'm still blown away by the fact that this is based off of existing lore. You know, after we've talked about all this stuff being kind of flat and like, this doesn't seem like a game that is based on existing lore and took eight years to make. It's not a, it's not a bad game. I had fun playing it, but it is wild to me that there was this much time and existing IP put into it. I I just don't understand what took eight years, really. (laughs) I had, I did not pay for this game. I, I pirated it because I'm an ally (laughs) and uh, didn't want to give them my money. So I would recommend doing that if if you're interested, but it doesn't sound that good after us talking about it. But it's not like a waste of time to play. I don't think um, it's still like it's still a fun time. So yeah, that's okay. that's well, about all uh, I first have. First of all, on it. I I just want to say that the uh, I will die for the us cracks. Second, uh, I will say like it's it's a fun game. Uh, we also uh, didn't get anywhere near to like talking about like all of it, even though like the main story is short. Uh, like, say for, like, gameplay elements, we all came at it from a hacker perspective. The The weird thing is, it's, like, it's so big, you can do, like, a melee build pretty easily. You can be a samurai in the game. Although, if if you like doing samurai stuff in cyberpunk mm-hmm. settings, there's a game called Ghost Runner that's pretty good. Um, that I think does uh, samurai gameplay a lot better. Um, I was looking at that the other hard, day. But, uh, I, that it's, I would say it's it's more of a polished game than cyberpunk, but what isn't right now. And if you really want to be yeah. a samurai, just play but Neo I, too. I would say like 
you know, there's there's a lot of like controversy in the game because like some people want to be like it's just a game, but at the same time, like uh, I think you're sort of allowed to be a little bit mad even though it's still a good game, because uh, it obviously it's you're allowed to say it's a, a d- disappointment, um, like like literally because like uh they they're getting government subsidies for it, and it's like you can't even deliver on what you got the subsidies for in the first place, uh. Yeah, it's that yeah. whole let people enjoy things thing. Like, let people not enjoy things. Uh, yeah, let, let people, people shit talk and also up. still have fun. You can do that. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a cool it's a cool time. You'll you'll have fun. Sometimes uh, you'll glitch people into the walls. Uh, sometimes you'll get into a boxing match and you'll get glitched into the wall because <laughs> they literally hit that hard. I don't know. If you're gonna get the game, you're gonna get the game. <laughs> Either way, good game, but not great. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd I'd largely echo that with the uh, the the sort of caveat that I tend to judge these kind of games by like what's the probability of you uh, exiting the skybox, and judged on that metric, this is a fantastic game. Um, if you just want to see like all the different ways that it can go wrong, um, <laughs> like it does not disappoint. To that end, I would also even like recommend playing it on the the base PS4. I didn't pay for the game either. I used uh, store credit at a trade-in <laughs> store, so I, I just got it for free. Um, and I would say that's that's about the right price to pay for it for the experience nice. I've had. Although that's probably being a bit harsh. Like yeah. the, the store, the, when the main story is is in motion, and and then when the when the when the game's usually not in motion, it, it, it's a very kind of like enjoyable atmosphere, and and it's a very sort of popcorny approach to cyberpunk, kind of as as a genre. Um, with regards to like the thing that initially like interested me in it, the, the 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 gender stuff, I just think they got way in over their head. It's very kind of conspicuous to include something like that, and then throughout the rest of the game, say almost nothing about the existence of trans people and non-binary people in that world. Um, I do know that there is a trans character later on in the game. Um, she like drives a truck apparently, and her truck has like a trans pride flag on it. Um, but other than that, like yeah, other than that, the Chromanticore advert, trans visibility and like visibility of like of trans and non-binary identities. For, certainly for trans people, the visibility is just not there. Like, the, and they say n- nothing about the political status or the the material status of trans people in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Judged purely on like my experience with the game, it seems like better than 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 now. Like no one seems to care or comment on on these kind of things. Whereas at the moment, every day I log into Twitter, there's like some brand new you know, right wing goblin in the press whining about transgender people existing. Yeah, well, yeah, they're they're being silenced, and which being is silenced. why they're being invited <laughs> onto like you know talk shows and. Right. I mean, you know, re- recently in the UK, uh, a very prominent transphobe just got an OBE and like used the her like sort of like Twitter thread talking about being given an OBE um, to complain about how silenced he is. It's like you're literally a member of the British Empire now or like an order of the British Empire. Like you're a member of the establishment. You're not being silenced. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like back back to cyberpunk. Like, I think they got in over their head. Um, including this kind of stuff in the game, and unfortunately, their kind of edge lord marketing around that um, I think worked, and I, I I fully am expecting to see other companies try that in the future. 
at kind of having their cake and eating it, at going towards a sort of inclusion or an inclusive character creator or what have you, or some theme in the game, but then actually saying next to nothing about it. So yeah, that, that's that's my big big take on the game. Because other than that, I've I've spent most of my time in the game just kind of walking around, watching it break. Yeah, it is yeah, fun when it's when not the frame rate is stable. <laughs> you know, it's perfectly enjoyable. It's not great. If you want a game about hacking um, and with the sort of like dystopian theming to it, I yeah, I would just point people at Uplink, that, that hacking game. Yeah, again, it's it's two fifty yeah, on Steam up. right now, so can't go wrong. Well, M. John, thank you, thank you for coming on and talking about this. I'm glad both of you volunteered to come on and uh, talk about this stuff. Before we leave, There's uh, is there anything um, that either of you would like to plug? Like, so I've talked a lot about like trans issues. If you want to do some, what is it, hacktivism? Um, there's a number of different petitions that I've linked on my Twitter um, and you'll see me post about on Twitter quite a lot so rather than me remembering all the URLs for those kind of things um, yeah, you can follow follow me on Twitter and Instagram um, uh, at minus uh, PLNP minus PLNP which is the formula for entropy um, and uh, we were going to talk about yeah, that's that's my plug. That um, follow, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and I'll point people at um, you know, things they can do to, to get involved in the um, media representation um, of, of, and, of trans people. I don't really have anything awesome. to promote because uh, uh, I'm a selfish person. So, Stan Blue Moon, uh, Pom Pom Shit, <laughs> uh, streaming on all available uh, platforms. And uh, that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. Thanks to both of you. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Bye-bye.